TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Vikings fans, get it off your chest and get it on the air. Your comments, questions, your thoughts. Tweet us at Score North or call 651-646-8255. This is Vikings Vent Line. Going deep for Diggs. In the air. Diggs has him. It's a Viking touchdown. Cousins. Wanted feeling. Throws a Hail Mary. Kevin King, did he come up with it? Well, I just think play within himself as far as, you know, you know, if the play's not there, throw the ball away. And uh, he knows that. I mean, it's not anything different than anything. But, you know, I think we're, like, every position, we're coaching the heck out of him and trying to do the same thing with the offensive line and receivers and DBs and everybody else. The day after the day after, it is Vikings Ventline TCL Broadcast Studios. It is Olgad, Danny Cunningham, Manny Hill producing, Declan Goff running all of the various streams at which you can find us. 651-646-8255. As always, we want your involvement in the show. That, of course, was Mike Zimmer yesterday being asked to elaborate on a comment he made Sunday after Kirk Cousins' terrible performance in Green Bay about the fact that Mike had talked about coaching uh, Kirk up, and he's eight years into his career at Danny Cunningham, and he's mm-hmm. five years into starting, and so you say to yourself, okay, um, coaching him up, at some point in time, you just expect him to execute. Uh, all right, with a day now between the end of that game and time to regroup and gather and realize that the Vikings are only two weeks in and that they're actually still one and one do you feel any differently about your thoughts than you did when we started this show at 10 a.m. yesterday? Obviously, coming off the uh, the fact that the Vikings had a chance to win in Green Bay and came up short largely because of their quarterback. I don't feel differently. I still think that their quarterback is a fraud. I still think that that's something that he's going to hold them back at some point. But I do think that there are plenty of positives to take away from Sunday's loss. Just because the game didn't go the way that Vikings fans wanted it to with the score at the end doesn't mean that there weren't good things. I think that of the the 46 guys that were active, probably 44 of them deserved to have a win. The only two guys that didn't were the kicker and the quarterback. That's it. Oh, the center, probably, too. Oh, yeah, I, feel okay, ba- yeah. I feel bad for young Garrett Bradbury, yeah, but that was not exactly... Uh... I'd like to know what his grade in run blocking was, because I know the pass blocking was it. a 0.0, but his run blocking grade couldn't have been that bad. No, I and I think this offensive scheme and the zone blocking and the line, as far as, as blocking for Cook, and you know, keep in mind, Dalvin Cook's a wonderful player, mm-hmm. but the blocking through two weeks, as far as run scheme goes, has been very good. You've just got to give your core. You've got to be able. The the reality is, I am more than willing to point out Cousins' faults and Cousins what he does not do well, and the fact that he made a stupid pass. Yeah, but we also know, and we've talked about this for a year plus now. You have to be able to give him protection. It's that simple. He can't if he doesn't have sufficient time. He's going to panic. Yeah, he's just going to. This is why we said, all right, Rick. Your offensive line, this can't just be, uh, you can't just slop this together and rearrange pieces and, and expect perfection. You need to have a line that can hold up and can protect this quarterback consistently. And even then, there might be question marks. But if the starting point is, is that these defensive tackles, and there are a lot of great ones now, Especially his division. Yeah. If, if the, you know, Hakeem Nix, two weeks from now, the Bears, mm-hmm. if the starting point of our conversation is, 
your poor rookie center is literally going to be picked up and essentially thrown at the quarterback, Danny? It ain't going to work. No, it's not. That's that's going to be the thing that, along with a couple of other things, holds them back. Because right now, he looks like a bust. It's been two games, and there is still time. He can, at some point, you hope, figure it out and figure out how to be an NFL player. But right now, it, it looks bad. It looks really bad. And the problem is, and I feel I actually feel empathy for Garrett Bradbury here, but the problem is there's no time to learn. No. This season is, has nothing to do with working guys in slowly and saying, okay, kid, you know what? I know it's tough, and I know I know that uh, that these guys, these nose tackles are really good, but, you know, we've got some time here. You have no time. That line is predicated. That line is built on this has to be a good year. Mm-hmm. And the Vikings know that, yeah. which, which, is, which is why I remain surprised that they didn't do more to let's say go out and sign a top guard. It's why we talked about it. It it was it wasn't some type of three year plan here. The whole thing was you got a year of Kirk to basically say like it or not for that contract. Here's what you have. Yeah. Here's what you got. And and that year provided you a window into for 2019. Here's what you have to do. Mm-hmm. And you got him Kubiak, which is a security blanket. You got him. You've got nice pieces around him as far as skill position players go, right? You got Dalvin Cook, Stefan Diggs, Thielen. Okay, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. But this was also about you now have to put a line in front of him that can give him as much that a lot a line where I would say in front of Kirk Cousins, having seen what we did last year, I would say at a bare minimum, you want at least two of those guys to probably be Pro Bowl selections. Absolutely. And, and by, I said Pro Bowl, not All Pro. No, All Pro. You have to be one of you have to be in the top half at your position at the very least. But two of them, right? Yeah. Like a tackle who's a Pro you, Bowl you player. Can't have, you and can't have your center getting zero point zero on pass blocking grades. Mm-hmm. You cannot have that happening ever. That's not a recipe for success. I know it worked against Atlanta because you only drop back eleven times. But that's not going to be every week. It's not going to work like that. You're not going to be successful as long as that continues. You have to figure it out, and you have to figure it out fast. But none of the, and but none of this is surprising. That's the problem. No. Is they're they're now put in, and you know what? I think now they did lose in week three against Buffalo last year. Mm-hmm. But in my heart of hearts, I believe they're going to beat Oakland badly. They're going to Oakland's going to come in here. That defense is going to the Vikings defense is going to play a good you game. You think they come out with a vengeance? I think Cousins comes back, and Oakland's not that good. And I think Cousins probably shreds them. Uh, so I think the Oakland game is a game that, despite what happened against the Bills in Week 3 after the 29-29 tie in Green Bay last year, Oakland's a game that they win, and, and you go back to saying, oh, okay, that's impressive. But I don't care about that game. I care about Chicago. Soldier yeah. Field, that Bears... Now, now <laughs> the Bears' offense looks to be somewhat... <coughs> Worse than yours. Because uh, Trubisky's not good. But defensively, that Bears team is going to potentially shred you again. Yeah. And so that's the next test. And that's the next test that I want to see. Can the line do a thing? And here's the problem. My answer is probably no. Like, like I, tell, I, I tell me what changes. I, I think they'll still be able to run the ball well. They won't be able to protect sure, Kirk Cousins. But, right. But I think they'll be able to run the ball. I, I, I still think Dalvin Cook can do well I'm against Chicago. But answer me this then. All right, let's say let's say it's the same as Green Bay, only the Bears' defense is better than the Packers. Mm-hmm. So... How does this play out? 
Because you might you might say occasionally, well, Cousins is just going to sort of back into a good game. I mean, he's just going to have a good game. At some point, you would hope he has to. But in football, offensive lines don't do that. Yeah. Like, you don't just get lucky against the Bears. Like, oh, Matt Locke, Hakeem, he was terrible today. Oh, I can't believe he was terrible. Those guys don't have off days. No, they don't. And so that's my problem. My problem is, okay, and now I, I am serious when I say I am afraid that Garrett Bradbury is going to be thrown into Kirk for a sack. Yeah. that's Picked up. That could happen. A human being, trying his best, by the way, I'm not ripping the kid, literally picked up by Knicks and thrown. You know what, you have to, what they have to hope for once they get to Chicago? They have to hope for a similar type of start that they had against Atlanta. The running game is really good and that they don't have to rely on Cousins to do very much. But what happens when he does get annihilated and then he gets scared and then and then there's just so many now the green bay game is maddening to me because if your play calling hadn't got haughty and decided we saw something in the past okay yeah you saw something if it's if you, not even that if your quarterback doesn't make a boneheaded decision oh absolutely yeah. but if you hadn't got haughty you're at the eight you score and win chicago's a better defense mm-hmm. chicago's more threatening physically i'm, I'm talking That's actual the scary part i'm talking physical i'm talking to put this as simple as possible without overstating it, I'm talking football violence. Yes, you're right, but also the the, the difference there is I would be stunned if Chicago goes up on you 21-0. And you have to play that way. I would be stunned if that's right, the but, case. Because but the care. reason they had to so do I lose that... So I lose 14-7. That's entirely possible. That's entirely possible, but you're not going to have to, you're not going to, have to play catch-up the way that they had to play catch-up against the Packers. That's not going to be the case against Chicago because they don't have a quarterback. They can't do what Green Bay did in the first two drives where they just went right down the field on a really good defense and put up back-to-back touchdowns. And then, obviously, the third touchdown was the result of a short field. But Chicago's offense is not going to do that against against the Vikings. Right. I think you just have to hope that the running game is fantastic like it was against Atlanta and like it was on Sunday. Because if you if if you go into Chicago and Kirk Cousins has to throw the ball more than twenty times, you're going to lose against that defense. You are going to lose. I, I just I I am fearful because of what we saw, especially in that fourth quarter pass, the pick on Sunday in the end zone. I'm fearful that he is going to freak out completely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's going to get because he gets scared. And Chicago's scary. Yeah. They're, sca- they're terrifying. That, that, that defense is scary. They are one of the Monsters. best defenses but, in recent memory. But my but my frustration actually lies today as much in the offensive line makeup. Not the people. The people are actually trying. Yeah. Like, the, you got what you got. So I'm not frustrated with the players. I'm frustrated with how many conversations have we had through, through the years of... And, and you got a year of cousins. So, Rick, you had a year. Mike... You had a year to watch this, and you saw this, and this was, as Boone said at the State Fair, and Alex is exactly right, you rearranged the deck chairs here. That's all you did. Mm-hmm. You rearranged the, de- the deck chairs. And, and, better ones. and don't tell me, well, Elfline's going to come. No, it's not going to help. Elfline in game one was not good. Mm-hmm. El- since, pardon, pardon the grossness of the statement, but since Pat's ankle snapped in Philadelphia, he's not been the same player. It's hard to be. Oh, and it's I, hard again, to come back again, from something not, like that. I'm not assessing fault on people. No. Well, I actually am. Executives. <laughs> but <laughs> you saw... Players. You're not putting the fault yes. on the players entirely. Now, jo- they, you know, they Josh are the Klein's ones, coming off a bad year. You knew that. They yeah. are the ones that have to go out there and perform, but the executives should have gotten better guys. 
They should have figured out a better way to situate this offensive line. And what was the hope? Like, what, what, oh, they'll just be good all of a sudden? Like, Garrett Bradbury needs time. He's not that big of guy. You know, this isn't, and plus, this is, this is not 1985, right? Where guys, where guards would just be like, you'd be fattened up and take your concussion and enjoy it. And guys would be like, yeah, this is football. People are wired differently now. Finding these people is very difficult, and you really want yeah. to find interior line-wise. Now, I really think you want to find veteran guys who have been around, who accept who accept the price of poker, and you know you bring in Josh Klein. Okay, but he's coming off a bad year. Garrett Bradbury, I, I don't know when when if ever d- does he get good. And my question after two games and a zero PFF grade and pass protection on Garrett is this. Is he ruined before he's good? Because he's thrown out there, Danny. That's a that's a great question because you can seen this. you can ruin someone's career early on. Or yeah, yeah. it takes a lot longer to develop because of trauma so early in their career. And that's exactly what Garrett Bradbury's faced. It's exactly what it's been. Right. And how much can you, how mentally strong do you have to be to fail miserably? I mean, you are, when you're being, when you're literally being moved around, Mm -hmm. like this isn't, well, if he makes this correct, no, this, this isn't, there's nothing that they see on film that can fix being overpowered like this. Yeah. This isn't systematic changes. No, this isn't a a technique issue. This is Garrett Bradbury has just not been good enough. Right. Because he's not big enough. Yeah. Because these are Huge men who, by the way, now are quick. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the old days. In 1998, if I'm a center, not trying to apply it, it was ever easy. But the nose tackle, if he is head up on me, I probably suffer a concussion because we butt heads a lot. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, he's going to stand there, be an incredibly fat man who can stop through. Grady Jackson. <laughs> uh, Gilbert Ted, Brown. Ted, Ted Washington. Washington. Ted Washington. But yep. did you ever say to yourself... What an athlete he could kill the quarterback? No, Jerry of course Ball. not. You said the right end could kill the quarterback. But, Jerry Ball. But now all of them can. Yes. Yeah. And so your center, your guards. They are a different breed of human than they were in the 90s. Uh, 651-646-8255, weekday Viking vent line. We are on until noon, uh, Tuesday through Friday, and we bring in our friend Tyler. Hi, Tyler. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing well, Tyler. What's up? Wanted to ask you, after what we saw in the first two weeks, does this change your prediction for what the Vikings can do this season? Because I agree with everything that you're saying, and there are a lot of issues, and the quarterback obviously was not good. But does this change their win total? I mean, this is week two, and it seems like they can still do everything they you know, were setting out to do, I guess. Maybe not a Super Bowl, obviously, but I mean, the 8-9 wins, the 10 wins in a playoff, does that change after these first two weeks? Tyler, I still think, and, and thank you for the call, I still think that they are a team that's going to be above 500. I think that they're a 9-win team, maybe a 10-win team. Right now, it looks difficult to get to 11 wins, and I don't want to be the, the person to overreact in September. Because, Judd, as you've mentioned a, a bunch of times on this show and elsewhere, September in the NFL is essentially the preseason now. But there still are glaring things that you have to worry about despite it being so early. And Garrett Bradbury's number one on that list. Kirk Cousins is on that list. These are things that we don't I don't necessarily think are going to change or going to be fixed. Now that being said, they're good enough in a lot of areas where they're going to win games. They're not going to be a team that goes five and eleven, four and twelve, six and ten. They're going to be five hundred or better 
I don't think that they're a Super Bowl contender, though. And I might have leaned into saying that there was a chance they could have won that before the season. Mm-hmm. But after seeing two games, it's really difficult to to for me to envision someone from the Vikings holding the, the Lombardi Trophy. Well, that that's ordinarily impossible, Danny. Unfortunately, yeah, but like you can town. dream, right? Ah, uh, yes, yes, you can. Or. Twitter question is posted by you at uh, Real D Cunningham is coming off of Sunday's loss. What's the most positive thing that you can say about the Vikings right now? Coming off of Sunday's loss, what's the most positive thing that you can say about the Vikings right now? Uh, 651-646-8255 is the number for Vikings event line. You can also reach us, as I said. Danny's at Real D Cunningham. I'm at Jay Zolgad, and the uh, Score North account is at Score North. Let's come back and, and discuss Tyler's question more, too. <laughs> and if you'd like to chime in, on that question, what's your expectation for the Vikings after what we saw in Green Bay? 651-646-8255. Because in some ways, I'm influenced by by what I saw. But in some ways, I am more perplexed and confused by where things are going in this division. So we'll talk about that next. Vikings Ventline. Talk. Discuss. Hold forth. Pontificate. Open your big yeah. yeah! Your tweets. Your calls. This is Vikings Ventline. Going deep for Diggs. In the air. Diggs has him. It's a Viking touchdown. I think we tried some. Um, you know, we missed the ball to Diggs in, in the middle. We missed, uh, there was, a, the, then the interception was uh, probably, they dropped extra guys out and probably fooled him a little bit. Um, but, I mean, we tried some of those. But, um, you know, they just covered him. Show is Vikings Vent Line, TCL Broadcast Studios, Zolgad and Cunningham. And the question that we're about to address here, and if you'd like to jump into the conversation, 651-646-8255, asked by uh, our buddy Tyler, who just called, was, does what happened on Sunday, and the Vikings obviously now one and one after that, they face Oakland this coming weekend, <laughs> does it change your prediction? And Danny addressed that, and here's my thought. Uh, it was bad. All right. Yeah. And Cousins, that pass was awful. And, and there were a lot of things. There were a lot of things I saw that are legitimate cause for concern. And listen, there's also things that were good. Defensively, they got off to a brutal start and came back and played really well. Green Bay slowed down. But here's why. So, so in a vacuum, just a Vikings conversation, yes. I think you'd be crazy not to be concerned when you can't protect the quarterback and when you know that the quarterback's default is in many of those situations, is to do things out of panic. Mm -hmm. That's all very bad. Yeah. But here's the good. Let's widen the conversation to this division. I told you before week one, Danny, that I didn't know what to make of the NFC North. And we're through two weeks so far, and I still don't. Green Bay got off to, on Sunday, a fantastic offensive start. Rodgers was moving the ball. They were going at a very quick pace. No huddle offense at times. And I said to myself, okay, this is what LaFleur and Aaron want. And then it really slowed down. And they tried to establish the run, and the Vikings stopped that. The Chicago Bears lost to the Packers. Mm-hmm. Come back and beat the Broncos, but it's a miracle. Yeah, it's a game. Questionable they, were, calls. they were handed that win, and Mitch Trubisky still has not looked good. Fraud. And so, so the other thing, and that's that's the other problem, is the state of the quarterback play in this division is dwindling quickly. Well, well let me ask you this: What have but we learned about this division through two weeks? That's what I'm saying is very little. 
And so I can't sit here and say, well, the Vikings are sunk. I don't, I don't know that we've I don't learned a little. I think we, we have maybe learned some negative things. Well, we have, but that doesn't, but that doesn't set me up to say, I certainly can't then turn around to you and say, I think the Vikings are in big trouble. I don't know that to be true. I don't think that they are in big trouble in terms of the division. I think that they're, if you had, if you came into this season with Super Bowl hopes, you're oh, in big trouble. But I told Colin this on, on Sunday. That needs to stop. Yeah. Any playoff run conversation now, as far as the Vikings go, needs you need to put those in check and put them in your closet and put them up there with the summer clothes, which very soon are going to be stored, and those are gone. You so, just need to hope they make the playoffs. So the conversation that this team is is, can they make the playoffs? And my question is, or my answer to the question is, Absolutely they can. Yeah. But can they make a run? I'm not even going near there. But I haven't learned, I haven't seen somebody in this division, Packers, Bears, <laughs> Detroit, I haven't, Vikings, I haven't seen anybody who I've, I've watched and said, oh, that's the formula. Mm-hmm. They got it. So, I don't know. If anything, I still think that this division's wide open. I would probably peg the Packers as the favorites. I think they still have the best quarterback. That's not up for debate. I think the offense in Green Bay is going to get rolling at some point. I don't know when that point's going to be, but it's going to get rolling at some point. Their defense looks at least semi-legit. I'm not ready to call them legit yet, but they're at least semi-legit. But for the Bears, you can say that Mitch Trubisky is not good. I can I can say that Mitch Trubisky two is not a good in? quarterback right now. Well, it's it's not just two. I games don't think in. he's good right now, but it's his entire sample size. It's last year he wasn't good. As a rookie, he wasn't good. He's never been good. He now we it's not a small sample size for him anymore. He this is his second year in the system under Nagy, and he looks worse. How's how am I supposed to believe that he's going to be okay? Okay, that's fair then. Okay, the Lions are always going to be the Lions. They're not a real threat to win this division. I don't think anyone thinks that they are. I realistically think that it's still a three-team three team race because Chicago's defense is really, really good, but their quarterback's really, really bad. The Vikings' quarterback's not quite as bad, and their defense is not quite as good. I think their defense is better than the Packers, but the Packers have the best quarterback. I think that it's wide open between those three teams. That's what I've learned. Does the Packers' offense eventually morph into what they think it should be? That's my biggest question. Because I think their defense... Their defense is not, it's better. It's yes. not Vikings-Bears. I, I don't think it's there no, but by it's, any it's means. A, it's probably a top 10 defense. But I, So the biggest question I have is by week 8 or by week 10, is the Packers offense where, where we think it should be? Because right now, it's not close. No, it's it's not close. But if we think that the Packers are going to get back to what they were in 2011 when Aaron Rodgers won the MVP and they went 15-1, and one, I think you're expecting a little too much. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers has that type of football left in him. I agree there. But, but I, I think that they can still be really good. It, it depends what your expectation of that offense turning into is. I think they're going to be a lot better but we than can answer right this. now. We know. Bears defense, good. Bears offense, yeah, not really. No. And we're pretty sure of that answer, right? I, yes. Two weeks in? Yes. Okay. I am. It would take a lot for me to change my mind there. Vikings defense, good. Vikings offense, run game, really good. Mm-hmm. Cousins, uh, Cousins is going to we until we see him in a pressure game now. Excel, we have to assume that the pass game is going to come up short. So the only, I, I so, would say they have a mediocre offense. Okay, that's so, the best way I can put it. So of six potential factors here, the only thing that I could tell you that could change drastically, I think, Packers offense. Yeah, could get a lot better. Where it could be, and and if that's the case, then they're the best team. Yeah, but 
what we saw Sunday was a team that was desperate to give a game away. Yes, exactly. And that's a major that's a major problem. That but but like you like you have said many times, this is the preseason right now. Yeah. I think when we get to October, November, December, that but that's not going to, to happen. But what, I think I think their offense will be better. I think Aaron Rodgers will be better. I think he'll be able to find a groove when they were on their script. Look how good they looked offensively. Yep. It was all the scripted plays that they had planned before the game. They went down the field twice on the Vikings defense and scored two touchdowns. Once they got off their script, they couldn't find a rhythm. And credit to the Vikings for adjusting, but also that's one of those things where it shows it's going to take a little bit of time for Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur to get comfortable with each other. They're still not there yet. They've only ever had two game situations because Aaron didn't play in the preseason at all. They've only ever worked together really on two days. Mm-hmm. So, of course, by the time they get to that 6th, 7th, 8th game, they're going to look better on offense. They're going to be a better team. I think that that's what's going to improve the most. To me, it just seems like the Packers have the most, are the most likely team to improve just because of, to Danny's point, the offense seems to be the most likely thing. Of, Of all the warts that these teams have, the three teams, Vikings, Packers, Bears, the Packers' wart right now is their offense. And because of the quarterback that they have, it's the most likely wart to be, you know, burned off, I guess. Well, and we still will. don't know there. Offensively, we don't. I, I think we know Vikings' defense if healthy. Same thing for Bears' defense. To Danny's point, he, he's saying Bears' offense, he knows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Vikings' run game is really good. But I, but Kirk's not. I don't think Kirk's going to change. No, and and so it's who he is. So right. he's going to have some. He so he's going to so he's going to have a few really good games. And and when the bright lights shine, which I, I think there's still what five primetime games for this team, mm-hmm. he's probably going to shrink. Yeah. Okay, so the biggest change here could be if in week eight it clicks in Green Bay. Yeah, and then if you're the Bears and Vikings, you might have problems. You might. And that's with the Packers. It's probably the most likely. If if something is going to change, if there is a flaw in these teams, that's most likely to change. It probably is the Packers, right? In terms of yeah. how good the offense is, well, and, it's probably and their not guaranteed to improve. improve. Yeah. yeah, it's not guaranteed to improve, but it's probably the most likely to improve. Yeah. All right, let's transition to to this uh, controversial call from Sunday because Zim reacted to it on Monday after review. It was determined that an offensive player was blocking. Therefore, it's offensive pass interference. We'll enforce that 10-yard foul from the three-yard line. It'll be first and goal from the 13. Yeah, well, I think it was a bad call. Um, got replayed. I still think it was a bad call. Guy was not trying to block anybody. He was trying to get out of the way. The official on the sideline was talking to me he said it was he kept saying the second guy through he didn't say what number he didn't say who it was so i didn't i didn't understand really what he was saying and technically he was not the second guy through so i don't know after review I had a question it was about determined okay. that an offensive player was blocking okay here's the problem mm-hmm. and i think there's a quick fix here i think there was a lesson learned and a quick fix one is the the official whose name I believe was John Hussey, Correct. was so confused that his announcement makes no sense. Yes. An offensive player can block. So he was. So he's being told by New York, we're changing the call and we're throwing a flag and here's what. And then he announces, that, it, that would be like saying, after review, the quarterback threw a forward pass. Thank you for that, yeah. Well, right, because he's allowed to, and I believe since like 1925, the forward pass has been allowed. 
it was it he didn't even have the wherewithal to announce it as pass interference on Dalvin Cook. Yeah. But why can't we and this seems to be so simple. Why can't the league now say, you know what? Unintended consequence. We looked at something, and it was technically right to look at it. Now, I still, th- I still think it, it's a bad call because it's not an egregious penalty on Dalvin Cook. But Danny, why in football can we not go back and say, from now on, scoring plays will only be looked at for did you score? Yeah, feet down and bounds, ball cross goal line, that baseball. Why didn't we long ago say, you know what? If a guy's foot pops off the bag at second base, but it's in the cylinder. We're not going to look at that anymore. Sure. Now, if he goes, if he slides and he hits the bag and he spikes himself off the bag and he goes past the bag and I tag him, you're out. It's a different story. Yeah. Totally different story. But why, what is the issue with just deciding? And I, I don't mean after 2019. I mean immediately right now, saying, calling teams and saying, in Green Bay, Minnesota, we had an unintended consequence. We are now fixing that. Mm-hmm. So we are no longer going to look for an element of any type of PI. Now, if you challenge it, if Matt LaFleur had thrown his flag, then different story. Different story. Yeah. But if it's part of the if it's because here's the other problem. All right. You tell me this. Go back, folks. Go back and watch two plays. Mm-hmm. And then you tell me. And I am not saying this as a Viking supporter. I'm saying this as a person that watched a football game and likes the sport of football and doesn't want to see the league basically turn on itself and ruin its game. Mm-hmm. Go back and watch Dalvin Cook's block. Blocking, he's blocking. Yeah, he's blocking, you idiots. Uh, go back and watch that one. But then go back and watch, because it had to be reviewed as well, the Kevin King pick of the Terrible Cousins pass. Because, and I think our buddy Sage actually tweeted this play out, Kevin King, at one point before the ball arrives, makes contact and sort of pushes Diggs out of the play. You easily could have come back and said, okay, if we're going to go ticky-tack on on these reviews, that's a that's a DPI, yep. Vikings ball still. But they didn't do that. So let's, and, and to be clear, I'm in favor of not doing that. Mm-hmm. But then the Dalvin Cook play, you've got to, I think you come out today and you issue a statement saying, we looked at something and realized it's a, it's a mistake to look at that. We are, we are from now on not going to consider that the pass interference rule has to be triggered by a red flag from a coach. It will not be considered in any way when we look at turnovers and scores as, as an official ruling. So am I wrong? No, I don't think you're wrong, but I don't think the NFL will do that. I think oh, that they, they well, I don't think they'll come out and say it. I think it will be something interesting or, or something along the lines of the way they stopped calling the roughing the passer after like week four last year, because we had that issue at Lambeau Field again last year with Clay Matthews landing on Kirk Cousins. That was the issue last year. And then they kind of just stopped calling that. I think it's something they would stop doing and just not say anything about it. The NFL likes to make little adjustments and not notify the the rest of the world about it, and I think that this is one of them that could happen like that. You might be right. I just want the people in in New York who are confirming scores, I want them to look at the play and say, it's a score, and unless you murdered a player at the line of scrimmage, you're not going to, and Dalvin Cook did not do that. No, And and I still contend that if LaFleur, so, so let's say the Dalvin Cook play happens and it's not a score. Let's yeah. say let's say it happens at the five and the Vikings get to the three short pass or something. All right, sure. and Lafleur throws his flag. They don't overturn. They don't change that call. Was it clear and obvious? Because that's what it allegedly has to be. And I think it, I think you need to change the wording for this rule to egregious. Yes, clear and obvious. I'm done with. 
this has to be an egregious, the easiest thing, send everybody, including the review people, the officials, and all the teams, the the Saints-Rams play. Send mm-hmm. them that play and say, if this isn't it, we're not, so don't bother challenging it, and we will not look at it. Yep. And we will not look at it to the point where I would almost say, if you throw your red flag, I would almost say, we're not even, Mike, we're not even going to look at that play. It doesn't even come close to, to our threshold. We saw it just fine in real time. You're wasting our time. And you're wasting our time. You're wasting your time. And consequently, you just wasted a timeout. Bang. Gone. Yep. And I'm all for that going against the Vikings, too. Because it just makes no sense to me to have now now you're looking at and you have opened Pandora's box now for week three. If they if they don't have the conversation privately that you just talked about, Danny, you have opened Pandora's box. I would bet they give it a couple more weeks, but I would bet that that's something that happens privately the same way the roughing the passer stuff did last year. The catch rule too with the Super Bowl. Yeah, where they remember, changed remember it privately. The, yeah. Remember the Jesse James thing in Pittsburgh with yep. the Patriots and then that and then yeah. the Zach Ertz touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yep. Same thing. They they basically just changed the catch rule without really saying anything. And, and weren't there two catches in that Super Bowl here? Those played here yeah. that were que- that would have been questionable because I think there were two sort of juggling type of uh, type of catches that you yep. would have said that's not a catch. Which by the way, it was a catch, and so they changed it. They yep. privately changed the rule and got it right. All right. Before we go to break, upset Zim on penalties. Overall, on the penalties, I mean, Doogie. so few last year, 20 so far. I mean, just how, yeah. how frustrating is that? Very uh, undisciplined. I know Bradbury had two. Uh, I think Diggs had two. I think Thielen had two. You know, they got to start playing within the rules. And they know the rules. That's their responsibility to to do what they're supposed to do. All right, I want to address Bradbury quickly here. Yeah. First of all, he could have been called... From my from my observation of watching him against Clark in my yes field glasses, you can make fun of me all you want, but they were field old glasses, man. old man field glasses. Uh, Garrett Bradbury could have called, been called for fifteen to twenty holds. That's uh, it. And I got news for you, Mike. Well, it might have been more. I got news for you, Zim. He needs to do that. Yeah. What it's do you it's want? The only chance he do has. You, do you want him if he's playing a dominant defensive tackle? Do you want him to allow that player a free run? Because that's how you get rid of the hold. It's the only thing that's going to result if you're not holding. That's the, that is going but, to be the result. But there's a, in fact, in fact, I think what they should do is is the official for this Sunday's game, and more importantly, the Bears game should, when it comes to Bradbury, have a new call. Just to be clear, holding, holding on for dear life. <laughs> because then we know he's trying he's trying not to get cousins killed and he's trying not to get killed himself. Yeah. He he's grabbing he's grabbing Clark by the inside of the shoulder pad to hang on. It's it's like what what's what's the equivalent of a kid who has to grab onto something just to basically just to basically not get hurt. That's what it is. He's grabbing on for dear he's holding for dear life. He's not holding this isn't a trick of the trade. You know, veteran guy, I can hold because I sort of know how how to hold. This is hot, hot, snap. Oh, my God. I got to hold. It, it, it's like Jeff Van Gundy hanging on to Alonzo Mourning's leg. Yeah, thank you. That is exactly what thank Garrett you. Bradbury blocking is like. <laughs> thank you. I was trying to think of a good parallel, and I couldn't. <laughs> that no, is exactly no. what it is. Yes. You're a thousand percent right. <laughs> you are a thousand. Danny, that is, thank you. Yes, little guy holding on to this. And he's at the bottom, right? Bottom of the scrum? Yep. Hanging on to the leg. They're exactly right. 
651-646-8255, weekday Vikings vent line. We are on until noon, 651-646-8255. We are in the TCL broadcast studios, and yes, there are some, there are pieces still to get to that we didn't uh, t- uh, talk about on the Monday show from the Vikings game, and some of them are really, really positive. That's next. One more thing, Vikings vent. Share your thoughts about the purple Vikings. This is Vikings vent line. Tweet us at Score North or call 651-646-8255. All right, Score North download time. I'm Manny Hill, and uh, despite the 21-16 to loss at Lambeau Field for the Vikings, dropping them to 1-1 one one on the young season, Mike Zimmer, uh, well, he was pretty happy with the way the team was able to run the ball. I, I do think the running game is good. I think Dalvin Cook uh, is uh, tremendous, the things that he's doing, the way that we're blocking with the offensive line. I think uh, Madison went in there and ran the ball uh, four times for 25 yards or something. He ran the ball pretty good as well. So, you know, Cook is running extremely hard, uh, physicality, breaking tackles. Um, I think the offensive line's doing a good job with them, you know, and, and the tight ends have been doing a pretty decent job blocking the edges. Damn that Dalvin Cook, he's pretty good. That's your Score North download. Now back to Vikings Ventline. Thank you, sir. And, of course, the uh, Twitter poll question of the day posted by Danny Cunningham before today's show, to which we have several responses, is coming off of Sunday's loss, what's the most positive thing that you can say about the Vikings right now? And, Daniel, I believe you've got a bunch of answers. Yeah, several responses at Real D Cunningham, at Jay Zolget, at Score North. Hal tweets, 2020 doesn't look too bad. Really, Drew. See, I, I'm with you. You can't. Oh, I mean, there, there are there are some real ones. There are some snarky ones. Come on, Hal. I'm going to mix in both. Drew Dalvin Dalvin Cook is the most positive thing. Josh, who is actually a Packers fan, tweets in as a Green Bay fan. Vikings have the best one-two wide receiver duo in the league. A top three running back and a top ten defense. They'll be fine. Zen Dalvin is a beast. Alex Dalvin Cook's a top five running back in the league. Yeah. Don't disagree with that one Let's bit. See, one Dal- Dalvin Cook, a top three running back. A lot of a lot of nominations for Dalvin Cook. William says Cook and Madison are a great one-two punch. Matt says he likes the color purple, so they've got that going for him. Well, I mean, he, he could be a Lamar Jackson Ravens fan then. He could be. CeCe says another week closer to a total house cleaning. <laughs> that might not be wrong. We don't know yet. Uh, Nathan says the Vikings still have a nice stadium. That's true. We can confirm that. Rick says, Cook is the real deal. Defense did a great job of adjusting after giving up a quick 21. Mm -hmm. Chris said, Kirk will be gone in two years. Keith is excited for next year. Kurt said that. Wait, wait, why is he excited for next year? I don't know. I don't know. If you lost hope in 2019, there's no reason to look forward to 2020 when you're going to be locked into that quarterback contract. I don't know. Keith, I got bad news for you. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Kurt said that Everson looks back to his 2017 self, which I, I think is very true. Yep. Um, Eric said they're not the Dolphins. Control says only 30 more games of Kirk. Dolphins have a plan, FYI. Yep. Yeah. The, Pit, uh, Pittsburgh doesn't, by the way. No, Pittsburgh's going to free. Pittsburgh's in trouble, and the Dolphins are have, have an expertise plan. Gary says they're not 0 2. Bryce says the Raiders are coming to town. Okay. That Okay. Buy that totally. Margaret says the defense and Dalvin Cook looks explosive. John, we have a running game. So a lot of responses coming in if you want to chime in at Real D Cunningham on Twitter. But tons of stuff going on there. All right, let's get to this. That's a good job though today, fellas. That's a way to step up. Wait, 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 wait. One more thing. All right. 
this is a time where, where we understand that on the Monday show, there's ordinarily a topic or two, or in yesterday's case, there was one topic, and that was Kirk Cousins, that took up almost all of our time. So, Danny Cunningham, give me give me one more thing that we probably, because of how Cousins played on Sunday, glossed over from that game. So, because we did talk about Kirk Cousins a whole bunch, and this was a, a common theme among the responses to today's Twitter question, it's, it is that I think Dalvin Cook is one of the five best running backs in the NFL right now. That guy was the best player on the field in Sunday's game, despite them losing he was the the best football player on the field. I think that's the most positive thing you can take away from this game for the Vikings is that you have a very legit, you've got two legit weapons at wide receiver and Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. You've got Kyle Rudolph, who's still really good. And you've got one of the five best running backs in football. And you can figure out a way to do something with that. Even if Kirk Cousins isn't who you need him to be, you can find a way to still be successful because you've got Dalvin Cook on your team. As long as he's healthy, I think he's going to be special for the Vikings. 265 rushing yards so far, which leads the National Football League through two weeks. Uh, let's see here. 248 total, or 200, okay. He has, here's the thing I, I like too. He has three fumbles in his career in 17 games. He's lost them all, but that comes in 248 attempts. And one of those was on a play in which he tore his ACL and dropped the football. Mm-hmm. The thing I like about the kid is, and this might be completely jinxing him, but he's got, let's see, for 2019 so far, he's got 46 total touches and no fumbles. Yeah. You don't have the overwhelming, oh my gosh, I think he might drop the ball, which I can't say for the last great running back who played for the Vikings. With Adrian, you're always <laughs> thinking to yourself, you know, because he well, he was always trying to get those extra uh, couple yards, which they told him not to do. He didn't know when enough was enough. Yes, and he wouldn't step out of bounds. And it, wa- it wasn't e- even so much that he wasn't protecting himself, which he wasn't, but it was also the equation of, okay, you're prone to fumble. Don't do that. And Dalvin Cook. <laughs> Dalvin Cook can run the ball. Dalvin Cook can catch. I'm not saying he's the world's best blocker, but I think he can pick up pass protections. Sure. This, yeah, this guy is incredible. Yeah, he is. He is fun to watch. Um, I guess my only question is, after what he's done these first two weeks, I don't know how much more he can do. You should be two and zero, oh, and he should have scored a second touchdown on Sunday to give you the win, right? Mm-hmm. You're at the eight yard line. You got Delvin Cook, and, and he was the reason you got to the eight yard line. He was, and I don't think he was going to fumble. No. So, so my question is, besides the fact that I think you probably mismanaged the play calling and didn't allow him to get the ball to somehow score that uh, what would have been the go-ahead touchdown, I don't know how much more Dalvin Cook can do. Yeah, I don't either, but he was he was impressive. He's been impressive oh, been both great. weeks, and I think that that's the biggest positive to take away from that game. And I've got one from the defensive side of the football. That's a good job, though, today, fellas. That's a way to step up. Wait, 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 wait. One more thing. For the second cons- uh, consecutive week, as documented on scorenorth.com uh, by our buddy Collar, Everson Griffin has been a beast. I am more than willing to admit that two weeks in, my suggestion, and I still think that you should have freed up cash from somebody to sign a guard. So I'm not backing off that. Sure. But my immediate thing was, instead of cut- instead of slashing a Griffin salary for 2019, just let him go and spend that on a guard. Everson Griffin, according to pro football focus guys, had 11 pressures on Rodgers in week two. He now has, through two weeks, 15 pressures. 
according to what Collar wrote in uh, on scorenorth.com today, his combined pressures when he came back last year from weeks 11 to 17, Dan, uh, Danny Cunningham in 2018, mm-hmm. were 14 or one less. So in weeks combined, weeks 11 through 17 a year ago, he had 14 pressures. In two games this year, he's got 15. It's pretty good. He has been outstanding. And yeah. Daniil Hunter is absolutely fantastic. So, again, all of all of the two things that we just went through, though, lead you down the path of should have won two football games, not one. Yeah. Like I said, there were 43 guys on Sunday that deserved to win that football game. Kirk Cousins didn't. Garrett Bradbury didn't. And the kicker didn't. Those three. Quarterback, kicker, center. And and I will tell you this again. It is remarkable that a year after the Daniel Carlson hat trick of, of missed field goal attempts in Green Bay, mm-hmm. that Bailey missed one, what, wide left, correct? Yeah. And then had one blocked, and we have barely talked about it. We have been... This, no, no, one, this no, one was, no one was happier that... That Kirk Cousins had a bad day than Dan Bailey. Although, although I will go back to this, Stefan Diggs, keep your helmet on and don't make the kick. Don't make the kicker try a field goal from what the thirty. For it was a forty-eight yard extra point. So basically, the thirty. Yeah, thirty. So let's let's keep let's keep our sanity here and not take your helmet off. You know, you there. That's been a crystal clear rule for how long now? Forever. And I think that Bailey makes the PAT without that. So. That was one thing, but yeah, I, I think it's an incredible story when we, when for the second conse- consecutive year, kicking plays a large role and it's kicking misses, and Cousins' play was so subpar that you don't mention it. <laughs> that you talk about the quarterback, the offensive line, which, hey, I get it completely. They are more important. But, but Dan Bailey does not come up. No. Let's see. Let's see what else we got from Zim here before we uh, before we conclude today's show. Oh, Zim on on the run game, which obviously, as Cunningham just talked about, with Dalvin Cook has been fantastic. I, I do think the running game is good. I think Dalvin Cook uh, is uh, tremendous. The things that he's doing, the way that we're blocking with the offensive line. I think uh, Madison went in there and ran the ball uh, four times for 25 yards or something. He ran the ball pretty good as well. So, you know, Cook is running extremely hard. Uh, physicality, breaking tackles. Um, I think the offensive line's doing a good job with him. You know, and, and the tight ends have been doing a pretty decent job blocking the edges. And that's all true, but how about the uh, miscommunication in the passing game? You know, there were some really good things in the passing game. You know, the deep ball, the digs. Um, uh, he made some really good throws, and then he missed some. And, you know, sometimes that's going to happen. But uh, we'll continue to work on it and make sure that uh, the receivers and quarterback and everybody else is on the same page. There was some miscommunication there yesterday. And ultimately, it all comes back to one guy. And he wears number eight. I just think play within himself as far as, you know, you know if the play's not there, throw the ball away. And uh, he knows that. I mean, it's not anything different than anything. But, you know, I think we're, like every position, we're coaching the heck out of him and trying to do the same thing with the offensive line and receivers and DBs and everybody else. And for the Vikings' sake, we all hope it works here very, very soon. We are done. Uh, the Twin Show is up next. Danny Cunningham. Manny Hill, thanks much. We'll be back at 11 tomorrow from the TCL Broadcast Studios. It's Rami and uh, yours truly next on the Twin Show, talking about a great effort by Jose Barrios last night.